we're a bit distracted this week because the Mountaineers are playing on Thursday night, and I don't know, we, we kind of are watching the Browns and Steelers, but we're back for our Stone Cold Lead Pipe Locks and more. This is the We Don't Know Sports Podcast. Stay tuned. Welcome, welcome back once again to the We Don't Know Sports Podcast. This is Chad the Mark with Mr. Brown and Canadian Biggie. And guys, we are a bit distracted as uh, we are now in the second half watching the Mountaineers here. But man, it, it, it feels like football season. It's uh, it's hoodie and short weather, is it not? Yeah, I don't know how it goes from 90 degrees yesterday to this today. And it's, let's see, it's 54 degrees right now outside. We still got the door open. Yeah, I was swimming yesterday. Yeah. And uh, now we got this. It's like it doesn't. It's not really that cold out, but where it was ninety yesterday, it feels a little extra chilly. And we can smell like somebody bu- uh, burning the wood in 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 the distance there. I mean, you can s- smell it in the air. It's fireplace time. Yeah. It smells like a crisp fire, and yep. uh, you know, hopefully, it's not a house. It's just yeah. uh, somebody getting warm. But anyway. Speaking of things cold, trying to get warm, we're hoping we can right the ship when it comes to our uh, lead pipe locks here, and we're kind of distracted watching the Mountaineer game here in the background. They're in Blacksburg, Inner Sandman, all that good stuff, and uh, right now it's uh, four minutes left in the third, and they're up by six, so we'll see if we can hold on. And the sideline announcer has, like, Wolfman contact. Yeah, I I saw that out of the corner. What the hell was that? That was kind of freaky. What's he on? (laughs) It's Halloween. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe... uh, Maybe there's some performance-enhancing lenses they use in Blacksburg. Like he I don't was know. tripping balls. He was tripping balls. Those eyes uh, were pretty damn big. <laughs> he was he was scoping something out. But uh, so, hey, real quick, we we talked about it a little bit off mic. Um, you know, just because it took forever for our software to get right today for some reason. But I need you guys to explain a little bit uh, uh, baseball lore to me as we we run into. Well, we got like twelve games, eleven games, ten games left when it comes to the. Uh, the regular season? Yeah, there's about two weeks left in regular season. Yeah. I feel like we're pretty much locked in when it comes to the playoffs and whatnot. Like that doesn't doesn't seem like there's too much left other than jockeying for position. But uh let's let's go to the AL MVP race because we have a, a couple things that are unprecedented right now. So Shohei Otani is unprecedented in himself, right? Like he's he's having back to back campaigns that are phenomenal. And I think Mr. Brown, you eloquently put it as he is not only the ace. But he's really the 1B offensive player just because he happens to play with a guy named Mike Trout. Yeah, I mean, he'd be, he'd be the guy had he not been playing for a team like with Mike Trout. So, I mean, he's your leadoff guy and he's your number one starter. So, you know, we were talking about like if he was in a New York market or something, how much more popular he was. And, and the thing I just now thought of is we look at the Blue Jays and all that young talent they got. Like, we know all about them. We hear about them all the time. And – uh Man, Donaldson Donaldson back in the back game, back of the game with a broken, broken arm. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, he lives. But, uh, you, you know, we know a Bichette and a Biggio, and they're not even putting up, like, all-star numbers, you know, but we know who they are. So what would Otani be if he was on the, the evil empire? Not the Marlins, right? But, like, maybe not the Orioles. But if he was on, like, a, a New York team. Uh, Wouldn't he have, the like, the, uh, the lore of Derek Jeter and the numbers of a roided-up A-Rod? It would be something of which New York has never seen, obviously. Um, I feel like that had had he been in New York, that you know, uh, not not since George Herman Ruth, right? Exactly. I mean, it, it's I couldn't imagine him in New York. It, it would be madness. Would it be too much for him? Do you think? 
Yeah, I don't. You, you don't know until you. Put I would in definitely the not know. Yeah. I would just forget all of it. Oh, so a translator. Every time you don't want to answer something, you just say, "Oh, I shrug your shoulders." <laughs> all right, so Biggie. I mean, if you had to make a pick, who's your MVP? For me, it's uh, Shohei for wow. what he does for his team. But there is a reason why Aaron Judge is going to win. And why is that? There's stats we were talking about earlier. Well, what are those stats? Over 22,000 players in the history of Major League Baseball. Six have had 60 or more home runs in a season. Aaron Aaron Judge is one of them. 22 have won the Triple Crown. If the season ended today, Aaron Judge would be the first player in the history of baseball, over 22,000 players, to hit over 60 home runs in the season that he wins the Triple Crown. The Yankees are in first place. And to take it a step further, not only would he win the Triple Crown – he is leading the league in every major offensive category. So, like, he, he's – it's more than a triple crown. Is he the doubles leader? He's leading in – like, there was, like, ten categories he's leading the AL in. I mean, right I know, now. like, batting average, on-base percentage, I don't OPS. have it in front of me. But he's got sl- – yeah, slugging all that. Like, his OPS is, like, 1.1. Like, that is – that's legendary in itself. And, and the fact that he's doing the, uh, the, the triple crown along with hitting home runs, like, you don't always see that. But uh, you know, does does Shohei get get some um, I guess some limelight removed just because he happened to win it the year before? Like we know that writers often have recency bias in in the opposite effect, where they won't give it to a guy again unless they were just out of this world, which he is. But like you said, historical run by Judge. If Judge wasn't having as big of a season as he is having, maybe Shohei wins it again, but Judge is having that historical season. Here's what's crazy, though. So even with this historical season, Shohei's year this year is better than last year. Yeah, His year is better when he, than when he won the MVP. So Judge is going to win it because, like Biggie said, the Yanks are in first place and it's in a New York market. Um, but um, – I wouldn't be mad if either one of them won it. I no, mean, I, I mean, they're both deserving, it. right? So the fact, like like we was talking, Shohei, like if you're starting a team today, right now, around one player, I can't say that you would say you'd pick Judge. No. Because, because I mean, he's a, he's, a, he's, he's a power hitter. If you're doing a fantasy draft uh, for like just fantasy baseball, our league's a little different. But if you got Otani as both a pitcher and a batter, you how is he not pick number every one year? Of, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But I feel like many teams in Major League Baseball, they're like, do I want my number one starter and my probably my top hit one or two hitters, or do I want Aaron Judge? And I'm telling you, most execs would say I'll take Otani. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's not well, a slap to judge. It's just that Otani's a freak. Then the other thing, too, the league batting average this year is like between 245 and 250. So you can say, well, judge is hitting 317, 318. Otani's hitting in the 260s. He's still 15 points above the league batting average. Yeah. I mean, and, and he still hits for power and, and all that, too. So like, you can't take that away from him. But let me ask you this last question on this topic. Does the fact that the Yankees are going to be playing in the postseason where the Angels are not, does that make a huge difference in how this might play out? Absolutely. I think that it does because the race is so close, although I'll die on this hill. Baseball is the only sport where it does not matter on your team's success if you win league MVP. Last year, the the Nuggets were sixth, and the Joker won back-to-back MVPs, and people crapped all over their record. The Angels have not made the playoffs in seven years. Mike Trout has three times as many league MVPs as he does playoff victories. Uh, 
I think them being in first and his numbers make a big play, but did the Angels make the playoffs last year with Otani? Were they second division, third division? They were dead last. Mm. I, I like the way you kind of sum that up. All right, so the, the fact of the matter remains that with all the years of baseball history, we still have two unprecedented athletes at the same time right now, and if you're not watching, it's fantastic. It's only sad that we don't get to see Otani in the postseason because the Angels suck, but – Last thing, where does Judge finish? We keep asking this every single show. Where do you got him at? He's at 60 coming into tonight. I'll say he finishes with 64. 64. Mr. Brown? He has not hit one tonight as far as we know. Uh, I've said 64, 65 all along. Uh, I'm going to... I got I got to stay with 64 because that's what I've been saying. Yeah, I was a little higher. I think I was like 65, 66. Now now I'm like 63, 64 just because it's it's getting tight, and I, I don't know. It's just going to be tough. All right, last baseball question before we move on. Pudgels, he's at 698. Does he get to 700? Yes. I think he'll get to 700 or 701 by season's end. They'll roll into the playoffs. Have a nice little uh, fitting into his career. I think he's going to end on seven hundred. Ah, uh, that'd be pretty I think cool. It'll be even, yeah, yeah. Which which is cool. Yeah. So how many? How much you hit? Seven hundred. Yeah, it's perfect. Right. I'm just glad he uh, he's where he's at, and I'm also glad that Judge uh, passed a Rod for uh, any Yankee thing. No, I mean Pools passed um, a Rod, so that way. You know, yeah, he, he for, slides down the list a little bit, yep. that sanctimonious son of a bitch. <laughs> he can do that all day long. So, uh, all right, so we, we feel that fall weather, so that means October baseball is coming, baby. And one other thing about baseball, we talk about all the stuff that hasn't happened in 100 years. So Maris hit 61 in 61, and it's been 61 years since then, and Judge is going to break the record this year. I love baseball. Is it it's 61? Maris hit 61 in 1961. Yeah. It's, it's been 61, 61 years. years. Now Judge is going <clears> to – I'm going to go ahead and say he's going to break the record. Ooh. So it's 61 and 61 and 61. family's been coming to every home game or every yeah. game now. The whole family's there. Hey, real quick, did you see the mosh pit over that 60th home I run did. ball? I did. Like if I you're, saw if you're where in the, the Yankees, outfield, like you're, you're preparing for that, right? Like you know they're coming for you. Yeah. Yankees and Cardinals have banned a famous YouTuber. I can't remember his name right now from their stadiums for the remainder of the season. Apparently, I don't He's some famous YouTuber who's going to try to get the ball and make a spectacle out of it or something. I don't know what the deal they is, but I said, yeah, the Yankees and uh, I heard the Cardinals were going to do the same well, for the like, remainder what's of the his season. So what, a, what's his angle? I'd, I'd have to look it up further, but I just saw it on Come two on, different things. You bring uh, up this feeds. very interesting point, and we don't know. Yeah. Uh, all right, hey, listeners. Also, too, uh, this is off topic, but one of Roger Maris's sons in my baseball group. He is, and the name of that group is America's Pastime for the Love of Baseball, where Mr. Brown just gave away more autographs this evening. And, uh, we had good interaction. Even the boy got involved in the uh, live stream, Absolutely. so that's always good. Yep. Make sure you guys uh, check it out and, and set your calendar every Thursday before we do our podcast recording. We're giving away some goodies, man. All right, we, we can breathe a little easier as we go into this next segment as we've been watching our Mountaineers uh, take a 23-10 to 10 lead. Let's hope it's uh, fortuitous and it doesn't go the other way and we get completely distracted as we get into our week three NFL Stone Cold Lead Pipe Locks. But we're not playing the NFL music just yet. Let's take a deep breath and I'll start and we, we'll talk about just takeaways from week two in the world of the NFL. 
I got to say, uh, the Bengals could easily be 2-0, and but they don't know how to do that. Instead, they're 0-2, and the Super Bowl hangover is real. Joe Burrow's got some problems. Alvin Zablon's got some problems. And Joe uh, Burrow's on pace to be sacked 127 times. I bring that up because when they signed Lyle Collins, didn't he come from Dallas? Yeah. Wasn't his quote something along the lines of, don't worry, your bodyguard's here yeah, now? Yeah, so, you know, he missed practice today, and uh, part of his contract is he gets a $100,000 bonus for every game he plays in because he's been so injury-prone. So his ass better uh, back up what he already said. But uh, the – the thing is, I, I'm, I've told people this all week. I've told them this since last year, even going to the Super Bowl. Man, I am not in love with Zach Taylor as a play caller by any means. And, like, I, as the casual fan, can sit there and watch. And I'm telling people, like, watch this. The running back's not going to stand and block, and Burrow's going to be under pressure immediately. So if I know that, then the defense knows that. And guess what? Burrow knows it, too. So he's already running for his life before the snap. It's just – you know, it might be like week five or six, they'll figure it out, and then they'll be decent again. But until then, it's going to suck. It's suck. That's what happens when you get four out of five new offensive linemen. When we talked the other day, that's what I told you. I think they'll surge late like they did last year. they gonna got to kind of gel together. As long as they keep Burrow upright and they can protect him a little bit better, while well, a lot better than they have been, too much talent on offense not to roll. Nah, it's, it's bad, and they can't even run the ball right now with that. And we made Cooper Rush look like – the next big thing, but uh, I, you know, I'm not alone in misery. Uh, Biggie, your team did find a way to win. It was against the Steelers, though. Certain I will say this: they won 17-14. It was a very extremely boring game to watch. I'm a diehard Patriots fan, and that game was boring. The best thing that came out of last Sunday for me as a Patriots fan is the fact we held the Dolphins to 13 points, and the one touchdown they scored on offense was on a blown coverage on a fourth and seven. The Dolphins next week put up 42. So maybe our I, I defense will say is that Ravens good. defense did a really good job of letting the receivers get behind them uh, all. Season second half long so maybe their defense is trash but we'll find out when they play us this week uh all right and then mr <laughs> brown your raiders man they looked like they were cruising to a victory and so then, just like your Bengals, we find new ways to lose games including letting toddlers run wild yeah toddlers running wild they have all the time in the pocket they need just running around he probably had more rushing yards in the pocket than we're gonna have all season um but raiders are doing raider things i mean i expect it um but Calamari. The game of the week was Calamari. clearly Baltimore and Miami. Like that was must see TV. Two is coming out party. He's the third Dolphin in the history of their franchise to score six touchdowns throw behind Dan Marino and uh, Bob Greasy. I mean, he had uh, two picks, but they were early. And uh, you know the the other thing is like he he didn't target one of those guys like Waddle and Hill together. We're, their numbers are almost identical. Right? Like, are they are they going to be that good? Is is this what Miami is? Are they? It's it's. I mean, I Biggie's shaking his head no because he saw that Patriots. He's defense. the same quarterback on Monday that he was on Saturday. Well, he looked awful damn good on Sunday, so I'll say that. Uh, all right. So with the rest of the league, is it Buffalo and everybody else, or is there a close second for you? I think there's a clear gap between Buffalo and everybody else. Like clearly right i'm with you so yeah. then you got tampa and kansas city's like on the second tier behind buffalo yeah and yeah. i think kansas city's much better than tampa tampa's offenses look putrid so yep. far and they got so many uh health issues brady like, don't look right so no far. he looks like what does he look like 
He looks like if someone drew Kevin Bacon from memory. Right. That's exactly what he looks like. He needs to, needs to stay off whatever the TB12 diet's giving him. And I guess well, today he, just, he took a rest day, didn't he? Isn't that how it works? Yeah, he's taking every Wednesday off oh, for Wednesday, the rest of the year. Um, I don't know. Maybe uh, his marital troubles are kicking him in the kit. I don't know. He missed 11 days in camp. He looked weird when he came back, almost like he'd had plastic surgery. His yeah. arm strength isn't quite what it was. Apparently, like, they've been living in a park for a month now. Yeah. Separate well, houses. It, very strange. Yeah. I mean, they, you know, troubled times here. And huh. uh, maybe he'll just retire in week six. You know, I don't know. But I don't uh, know. The, he, yeah. He, I will say this, completely agree with you. If they're going to be one of the top four or five teams in the league this year, it's going to be their defense that carries them. Right, let, me ask you, let me ask you about the Rams. They they were bouncing back after that tough loss to the, the Bills, which we've already uh, asserted that they are by far the best team in all of football. And they looked like they were cruising to a pretty good victory over the uh, hapless Falcons who made it a game and covered. Yeah. So what They was, almost did their own 28-3. to they, they did. They, they were hell-bent on it and uh, just came up a little short. But uh, the Rams don't look fights. that good. No, they don't. Falcons, that Falcons team fights good. They came out like a, a ball of fire, and then they kind of quit playing start of the fourth quarter. I think uh, – the Rams and the Niners now with Jimmy G at quarterback. I really I like the Niners so much better with him at quarterback than when they were playing Trey Lance. Well, we had the Niners creep into our top ten power rankings uh, just because of that, and then uh, the Vegas uh, Vegas also improved their uh, overall wins this year by like two, just based yep. off of that. We got the Chiefs at two, the Bucks at three. Let's talk about number four. We came out with the Philadelphia Eagles. And you want to talk about a, a nice uh, smackdown on Monday night. What happened to your Vikings that you're so high on, man? They got showed up. Was everybody too busy looking at that girl in the black pants? Uh, there was a lot of people looking at that. You can see uh, your damn drink down on that. Oh, my God. What surprised me, the same thing the Vikings benefited from the first week when the Packers sat in the same zone coverage, they did like – the, the Eagles wide receivers getting pre-release, pre-release, pre-release. They just ate them up. Jalen Hurts, I figured I picked the Eagles to win the division because I felt like they were the best of the worst division or one of the worst divisions in football. But the way that they've looked the first couple of weeks is really impressive. Yeah, I, I mean, they're they, they're built just right. Like what yeah. they're doing and how they're attacking and they're running back by committee and all that stuff. Like it, it's they're dangerous, man. I, I, I'm really high on Philly right now, probably higher than I should be. So we'll see how that shakes out in the end because it's the NFC East and they suck. Yeah. Smoking mirrors, you know. But um, that being said, you guys ready to play some music? It already said, we already said it felt like fall, that the, the smell was in the air, the campfires burning in the distance. Hopefully it'll be some burning couches as we watch the Mountaineers continue to move downfield against the Hokies. They're going to win, but let's see if we can get back on track. If you haven't been following along at home in our Stone Cold Lead Pipe Locks, we pick against the spread every week. Last week, man, it wasn't great. Nobody was over 500. I, believe it or not, had the best record, which makes you already question the existence of even doing this stupid thing. Uh, Mr. Brown, tough, tough week at 3-13. and 13. He's flirting with the Costanza method, potentially, and then Biggie, you and Turbo went 6-10. and 10. But uh, honestly, we saw only, uh, only about 40 people nationwide that are blue check marked on pick watch were uh, fi- over 500. So, you know, we can ride it with one week. So without further ado, let's get into it. We had tonight's game. We already posted. Everybody picked the Steelers. 
Except for Mr. Brown, who... Uh, it's not looking good so yeah, far. We, we don't know how it's going to shake out. doesn't look good so far, but let's go. So, uh, real quick, as, as equally as impressive as I was last year on Thursdays, I'm equally as bad this year so far on Thursdays. I mean, things come it's early. full it's circle. This will be 0-3 on full, Thursdays, I think. Full circle is all we got. So, all right, let's see if we can get things right with the, uh, the hapless Texans. Not really. The neck is coming to town to Chicago. The Bears are a three-point favorite at home, Biggie. I'm going to roll with the Bears, the Monsters of the Midway, to win at home and cover this three. I do love the Santa beard from Lovey. I hope he never shaves. <laughs> I'm also going with the Bears. I feel like they bounced back after uh, Rodgers spanked him and once again said he was their daddy. Yeah, I mean, that kind of goes without saying that the Packers are going to beat the Browns. And uh, it's at home. The Bears by three. I mean, it'll probably be a push, but I think the Bears get at least three on that. So, okay, the Bears across the board. Uh, all right, Mr. Brown, your Raiders trying to get right on the road against a team who has been just absolutely dog shit as far as I'm concerned. The Titans, they're actually giving the Raiders two and a half at home. Yeah, I mean, both teams are 0-2. It's on the road, right? Yeah. It's in Tennessee. Yeah. Uh, both teams are 0-2. Raiders find new ways to lose every week. I mean, they have a way better offense on paper. And it's on the road. Uh, it's tough for me. That's a tough one. The Raiders anyway. can't stop the run. I, I got to go Raiders just because the Ooh. talent has to shine through at some point. I mean, o- over the tennis, over Tennessee. Everything you were saying up until it made me think he was taking the Titans. He, yeah, he was doing the Lee Corso. Uh, yeah, whoop. Not, so Not so fast, my friend. Biggie. Who you got? I'm rolling with the Raiders that were up 20 to nothing last week, kind of before they hit a, a rough spot offensively, quit moving the ball. Um, I think that it's going to take Derek Carr a few more games before he gets in the same groove with McDaniels that he was with Gruden, where he just they worked together real well. The offense moved the ball seamlessly. It didn't matter if the defense could stop the run. I think that they win by a touchdown. I think that this week, next week, week five, somewhere in there, we're going to see uh, the rookie QB playing for the Titans. I, I thought we were going to see more of him last week. Uh, he got to play a little bit. It looks like they're still scared to throw the ball with uh, Malik Willis in there. Uh, but uh, I, I believe that the Bills will have beaten the Titans two weeks in a row because that yeah. beatdown was so damn bad. The Raiders are going to come in and pick the carcass. They'll cover that. So we're across the board on the Raiders. All right, another team that has just absolutely been putrid, man. They got smacked by the Jaguars. The Colts at home are giving five and a half to the Chiefs. So I'll be the first to admit when I'm right and hate to admit when you're wrong, but I was (laughs) dead wrong on the Indianapolis Colts because I thought they would win division, 10-11 games, be a competitive team that made a push into the divisional round of the playoffs. And you know what? I still believe they can do that. Give me the Colts at home to cover. You know, none of us referenced the fact on last week's show that it was Peterson against Reich, and he just knew all these tricks, man. And the Jaguars just happened to have the Colts number lately. So, you know, maybe it was an anomaly. I'll give you that. I will say this. Missed it last week. Chris Bieber was listening to the show, and he said he wished he could have listened live because when we all went with the Colts, he wanted to tell us, by the way, Frank Wright has never beat Jacksonville as the head coach. Oh, never. Nope. Never. Wow. I know they're 8-10 and 10 against them or something like that. It, it's crazy. Uh, eight out of the last ten. Um, Mr. Brown, again, 
It's five and a half for the Chiefs on the road. I mean, after watching what happened, I picked up their freaking defense in fantasy because they were playing Jacksonville. It made it worse that I had Tampa Bay's defense on my bench. On the bench. bench. So, I think the Chiefs cover this easily. And they're going to win by 10. Uh, the Chiefs, uh, there's Matt no way. Ryan cannot keep up with Patrick Mahomes. This is not going to. We're, we're locking this in at five and a half. There's no way it's five and a half come Sunday. This thing's going to be like seven or eight because the money is going to be on the Chiefs. You got pick watch up right now. How much is on the Chiefs? What percent of the bet is coming on the Chiefs? 85%. 85%. Biggie's a 15%er and he's our lone wolf. Yeah, put him down. The Galloping Ghost. Put him down. Oh, and two. Frank Wright's job is on the line. They're going to come out fighting hard at home. They just send him to the glue factory. (laughs) All right. (laughs) To me, the game of the week is this one. The Buffalo Bills, they're heading down south to Miami. The Dolphins are going to give the Bills five and a half. Does that South Florida Heat get Buffalo, or do I they got show? Five, by the way. You got five? Yeah. You're showing five? All right, let's make an adjustment to plus five because we're doing this live right now. So, at five points, Bills at Miami. Give me the Bills to put every one of those Dolphins, including the one that Ace Ventura was going for. He might Snowflake. be alive. He might be dead. Somebody ate him. If he's alive, he's going through a table, too. They're going to completely take over South Florida. The Dolphins are going to come in riding high, thinking that two is the man. The Bills are going to remind them he's a piece of crap, and that's why they wanted Deshaun Watson. <laughs> exactly. Hey, I, I keep saying week after week, Tua needs to show me something. Well, you can't do much better than six touchdown passes, third time in franchise history. Nah, Biggie's still going to shit on him, though. But the thing is, you, you can go back and forth between him and Lamar. That's one thing. But this is Josh Allen and the jug, juggler, what do you call it? Jugular. Jugular knot. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, of the NFL. I mean, this is the juggernaut. 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 Bills. Jug- jugular knot. Jugular knot. <laughs> uh, and everyone else. It's the Bills and everyone else. So Josh Allen and the Bills are going to come into Miami and they're going to roll and they'll cover this easily. Hey, I got the Dolphins going for the jugular. Not. It's the Bills. They're definitely covered. We're Bills across the board. All right. How about the uh, the fighting, biting kneecaps, the Detroit Lions on the road to Biggie's second favorite team, the Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings get six points at home. God, that's a lot of points for the Vikings to have at home when the Lions are really a cover king. And the Lions have led the league in scoring so far. They've scored 69 points through two weeks. What? Yes. It, it is amazing what they have done. Uh, I would really love to hit the Vikings on this a lot more if it was less than six, but I'm still going to do it because they're going to bounce back. Kirk Cousins every so often has to remind you he's a really shitty average QB. He did that last week. This is his bounce back week. Mm. Uh, I'm going to go with the opposite of everything you just said. I'm taking the Lions because they like to cover. And I like what they're doing so far. And right now they're the 77% uh, betting favorite. So I'm going to take the Lions to cover. I, I'm also taking the Lions, but I'm going to say it better than you said. I'm not doing it the opposite of what he said. Biggie said the claim. He said the Lions are cover kings of the best offense in the NFL. Like he said why you should pick the Lions. And he's picking with his heart. He's looking at his son, who's a Vikings fan. He's like, don't worry, son. Not everybody's going to be the Eagles every week. We're going to bounce back here. 
no, it's not going to happen. They might win the game, but you know what? Though He should be like, son, life's not fair. Yeah, Kirk Cousins is our quarterback. Every stat I know about football and when these two teams play tell me at six points I should take the Lions to cover because these are always close games, but I just can't do it this week. Mm, Well, give us uh, your lone wolf. Goal! That was terrible. That's about as enthusiastic as the Vikings covering. Skull. Skull, motherfucker! That was better. At least a little more passion there. All right, the Ravens. Oh, man, Biggie, we're going hard on you here. The Patriots hosting the Ravens. Ravens were trying to bounce back after letting the Dolphins just come back in that game. They are a a two-and-a-half-point road favorite coming into New England. So this game is tough for me to pick in, in one way. I think that the Ravens are the better team. They're going to bounce back and get the victory here. But with as poorly as their defense played last week against the Dolphins, it makes me wonder just how good the Patriots' defense is. Having said all that, I feel as though the Patriots' offense is so bad right now, we're not going to be able to keep up with them scoring 20, 23, 24 points. And out of field goal game, I gotta take the Ravens. I hate to do this. Love Lamar Jackson. I hate Harbaugh, but have to take the Ravens to cover on the road. I think wow. this is the first time ever he's not picked the Patriots. It might be. In the history it of the might show. be. He he's desperate to get back on track here. He can't even go homer alert two picks in a row. With, the, with that <laughs> long-winded uh, response he just gave, I mean, to me, it's quite obvious that the Ravens are going to win by at least three points. Yeah, I don't have much to add except for I feel like historically when it comes to the the running style quarterback, Belichick usually gets his team prepared and they, they play really well against the running quarterback, but that being said, I think it just means the Ravens don't win by two touchdowns. Yeah. They, they'll still win. They're going to cover that easy spread. So it's Ravens across the board. Alright, now we get to go down to the depths of Chad the Marks fandom where the Bengals are on the road to the J-E-T-S Jets, 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 and Joe Flacco's Miracle Comeback Tour. And uh, you know what? The Bengals are still picked to win by six, so that's a tough one. you want me to go first or last year? You started off, Sir Chadwick. So, I, I feel like at some point the Bengals have to right the ship, right? Like, they gotta get it done. The Jets are gonna be on that emotional high. Like, I... I'm just going to will the Bengals to cover a freaking game and win a game. And this is it. If you can't get right against the Jets, I'm going to say it right now, no matter what. If the – oh, my God, the Mountain oh, is yeah. six. Uh, the ga- that don't even matter. The game's so out of hand. Uh, the West Virginia went into Blacksburg. A, a PAT here, and they hit the 33 so, points. So I, I got to say – that with all that momentum, the Bengals are going to cover. But if they don't cover this game, I will not pick them to cover another game the remainder of the season. I concur. So let's let's. So I guess you get the Bengals as well. Yes. All right. So let's talk about the uh, Joe Flacco and the, the miracle a- comeback, the greatest agent in the history of the NFL. I believe Flacco's turned back the clock, and he's got five touchdowns and one interception so far this year. He's, he's uh, third in the league in pass yards through three weeks, or yeah, two so, weeks. Uh, I'm going to continue with uh, the Bengals and their World, or, uh, World Series, their uh, Super Bowl hangover. Okay. And I think Joe Flacco is going to keep it close. I think the Bengals win, but they win by three. Okay. All right, so I'll take that, even if it just means the Bengals win. But you're the lone wolf going with the Jets. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. All right. See, that's enthusiasm. That was better than your crappy skull until we had to skull. You know, we had to guilt trip you. Better. All right, I, I love I love the spread on this game for some reason. The Eagles on the road 
to DC and the Commanders, the fighting emails where the Eagles are a six and a half point favorite. Before I go here, if you'd like to start, I'm just curious, why do you love this spread? Uh, because I think the Eagles are going to absolutely just destroy them. Like, just absolutely beat the dog shit out of them. Where's Vegas at on this right now? Where's the money coming in? It's coming in heavy on the Eagles, 70%. How heavy? 70. How, 70, so not quite as heavy as the uh, Chiefs on the Colts, but it's pretty heavy. So I look at common opponent here, and I'm with you. I love the six and a half because I feel like I'm taking the Eagles, but I feel like on an off day for the Eagles, they win this game by seven points. They've played a common opponent, the Detroit Lions. Uh, Philly was up three touchdowns, fell asleep late, ended up winning by three. Washington was down three touchdowns, came alive late. I think that I'm with you. They cover the seven easy, and it could be 10, 14, 17. You can't use the Eagle or the uh, Lions as a barometer. We already talked about how they're cover kings. They just happen to make that happen every week. So They are good. All right, Mr. Brown. I'm going Eagles as well. I have zero faith in Carson Wentz to do anything in a positive fashion. Well, he had a ton of passes. He's got seven touchdowns for two weeks. I, just, I don't see him having the ability to win a big game, and he needs to win this game, but the Eagles are going to continue to roll. Eagles easy. Oh my gosh, the best run of the night for them. What happened to the yellow line? Technical difficulties happening on uh, ESPN the Ocho here. Uh, all right, here's a here's a team that I man, I, I think this is an appropriate spread. This is a tough one for me. The Saints, who I think are terrible. They have no offense whatsoever. They're on the road to the Panthers, who you know, for all the – you can look at Baker Mayfield's stats. If I'm not – I might not be right on this, but I believe the stat was he had nine drop passes in last week's game. Um, and I watched a lot of that because I was rooting for Baker. I want to see him get a win. Uh, the Panthers are uh, at home, but they're giving two and a half to the Saints. I'm taking the Panthers at home to cover this. They lost one game at the beginning of the season on a late field goal at the last play of the game. They lost last week by a field goal. Like you just said, they've had a ton of drop passes, and they still have CMC who's healthy. The Saints are not a very imposing team. Healthy-ish. Uh, I'm going to take the Panthers to get their first win of the season at home because it's another situation. Matt Rule came in, got a big contract. They have underperformed. You start 0-3, it's just like Frank Wright. Heads might start to roll. This is a big game for Carolina. So, I'm going with the Saints. You talk about CMC. He's questionable in today's injury report. Yes. And they brought it up, and they, they don't know. But we'll see. Even if he plays, I still like – like I said, I, I was talking about Winston. There's another – Almost another intercept. I, I, I like Winston's long-term uh, season stats. Like, he's not playing Tampa Bay's defense every week. No. He'll rebound this week through the through the air. He's got Thomas. He's got Landry. Uh, Kamara should be back this week, not Mark Ingram. So I think the Saints cover. I win by six. Yeah, I, I think two and a half is a pretty easy spread for the Saints to cover. And uh, I don't know if um, if you want to give me this lone wolf, I'm going to help you. I'm going to present this for the Panthers. So you pick the Panthers as a lone wolf. They're not going to cover. So just imagine Vincent Kennedy McMahon walks into the office, looks at Matt Rule in the face on Monday, and what does he say, Biggie? You're fired. Exactly. So there's your lone wolf on the Panthers. So your Matt Rule's job is in your hands, Biggie. Good luck. Meow. The, uh, Coming to West man. Virginia. So the Jaguars, <laughs> uh, who looked incredible, like just dominant last week, they're going out west to the Chargers, and the Chargers' seven-point home favorites. See, this one's a tough game for me to pick 
with the spread at seven. I love the Chargers, but it seems like they end up playing a lot of close games. They do, don't they? And Jacksonville is a much better coach team this year than they have been. Just because the they don't have really? Urban? What? what? You're out of your mind. Hey. Put some respect on that man's name. Not everybody can kick kickers and get away with it. <laughs> I think that uh, the Chargers win this game. I almost said San Diego Chargers. But the thing about them playing in L.A. is there's going to be as many Jacksonville fans there as there are Charger Wait fans. Jacksonville, they don't travel. They do for Trevor Lawrence. He's not really sunshine from California. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, shit. There goes the whole thing I was thinking. He might kiss you in the locker room. (laughs) He might. Uh, I think the the Chargers win, but that that Jacksonville covers. Hey, so uh, it's Herbert and Matt Ryan. I mean, my God. This isn't freaking. uh, That's not apples to apples? No, it's the Chargers. (laughs) They're going to win. They're going to crush the Jaguars. The Jaguars aren't playing Matt Ryan. it's, It's simple. I know the Chargers play down to their competition, but at a certain point, Eckler and the boys, they got to show up and they just got to take somebody to the woodshed. Yeah, I think this is that game where they're, they're definitely going to do that. And I base all this on the uh, the pregame tunnel speech I saw Trevor Lawrence give as they were coming out. Did you happen to see that? I did not. All right, so he turns around. Like, you tell me this doesn't get you fired up or motivated. I'm Trevor Lawrence. All right, let me get into character. All right, fellas. Let's go have a good game and get that dub. Let's eat a W. He didn't even do eat a W. That was that was it. That was all he did, and uh, they they went out and then they beat the Colts. So maybe that's all you need is that quiet confidence. But uh, he's not inspiring me to get that dub out west against the uh, Chargers. So Biggie once again is checking in as the lone wolf. Wow! There you go. That was calm. Oh, that was good. I like that. All right, the Rams and Cardinals. These are always interesting games in this division. Uh, The Cardinals at home are giving three and a half to the Rams. I love that there's the hook on it with the three and a half because it's going to be a close game. These ones typically are. The Rams are a better team, but like we talked about earlier, they're not as good starting out this season as we expected. Well, and, and I remember last year, like, the Rams were on fire and the Cardinals went into L.A. and whipped them. Yep. You know? So, I don't know. What happens this time? The Cardinals cover at home. I also think the Cardinals cover. I feel like they gained so much confidence, especially Kyler, that second half of the Raiders game coming back, not only scoring a touchdown when they needed, but getting the two-point conversion. They had all the time to run around. Um, And and the Rams defense hasn't looked like the normal Rams defense Mm -hmm. that we're used to seeing. So I feel like they're gonna they're gonna propel off of that confidence. And I think the Cardinals actually win this game. I mean, it, it could go either way. I think three and a half is an interesting spot to give the Rams. You could honestly have put that at like a one and because it's you, basically you're asking, are the Rams able to win in Arizona? They put that half on there as kind of a, a little kicker there. But yeah. I don't know. I already got mine. My hands are up here. I've already typed my answer. Where's the money at coming in on Vegas in this one? It's coming in on your Los Angeles Rams. You know why? Because they're going to cover, baby. I got the Rams on here because the Super Bowl contenders are going to get right. I think they're still the darlings of the NFC. They just, you know, they're playing the long game. It's 17-game season. They don't have to do it all right now, but they're going to do it in the division when it matters, and they're going to take care of Calamari, and it's going to be the Rams all day long for my lone wolf. But, uh, yeah, sorry, Calamari can't get it done two weeks in a row. All right, this is a uh, game between the birds. This game's for the birds. The Falcons going up to Seattle. It's basically a pick 'em. Seattle at one at home. 
I'm taking the Falcons who are just fighting their asses off for Arthur Smith. They have come back in each game while they they never quit fighting. What were they playing the Rams? What was it? We were laughing about it being no, they were blown out. Yeah, they, they had a back. chance there at the end when uh, Mariota gets sacked to throw one into the end zone for the win. So, in a pick'em game like this with two crappy teams, give me the one I've seen fight really hard for two weeks. You're not worried about that home field advantage in yeah. Seattle? I mean, it's only home field advantage when your team's good. They, they, they showed out in week one yeah. because Russ was coming to town. Uh, look at what they looked like last week. They had a touchdown. It was a defensive touchdown. It. it I love Geno. Only one of 25 for like 114 yards. Like 49ers defense is a little different. Than I was trying to influence you, but I'm also going Falcons. I feel like Mariota does more probably to keep him in the game than Geno. So yeah. I think Falcons are going to probably win this game. Mm. I, 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 it's a pick em to me, and I'm just it's hard when it's a cross-national flight and you're coming out from the East Coast out to the West Coast. Not as bad as the West Coast going to East Coast on those 1 o'clock games. I get that. But uh, I'm, I'm just taking Seattle solely for the fact they're all. I, I, I'm not really that confident in it. I'm not going to sit here and bang the drum for, for them. Uh, I, the the Falcons, yeah, they've been coming back. Man, they get they, they get down in every game, too. Like, if they get down to Seattle on the road with that crowd, can they come back? I, I doubt it. So, I'm just taking the Seahawks to cover, but you guys are probably right taking the Falcons. What's weird is that Falcons are the underdog and they're at 55%. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's it's because it's a damn one point spread. So we'll see what happens. Kaka! Sea chicken, sea chicken. All right, the Packers going down to South Florida to play Tampa. Tampa's one point favorite at home. This one's tough. Yeah, it is for me too. It's basically a pick'em game. Like we just talked about, Bucks offense hasn't really been playing up to what they uh, have been the last couple years with Brady. Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers, again, treated week one as a preseason game, came back week two, whooped up. But it was the Bears who they always whoop up on. I'm taking the Bucs at home with that defense to win this game. Now, Mike Evans may or may not play. They only have two healthy uh, he wide receivers. He's, 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 he's appealing. Yeah, he, he's not. We'll he's appealing. Ah. Uh, Godwin's injured. They just signed Cole Beasley. Really, you should like to take the Packers this in this game. I just can't do it. I like the Bucks at home here. I gotta take the Bucks, and it's not because of Brady. They're showing out as like one of the top two defenses in the league right now. Um, if they continue down this path, you know, Rodgers really don't have any weapons other than I did like the fact that they they lined up Aaron Jones in the in the slot and. They threw him in some receiver mixes last week, yep. and then they put Dylan in at the same time. Dude, Dylan had 18 carries last week, and Jones still managed to have like 20-something fantasy points. They're oh. really putting those two together back there. So they was putting their talents together, which was nice, and I think that's good for play calling, but I still think their Tampa's defense is up for that, and I'm going to go Tampa. Yeah, I feel like you guys are just conspiring against me as I, I'm once again bringing that lone wolf uh, energy here. As I just, I just think Tampa has looked just terrible. Like I am not confident in them at home right now. I think, uh, I think this is the year. I, I know. Here's a cold take that everyone says every year for the past five years that this is where we see Brady doesn't belong in the league anymore because he's an old ass man. You saw the soul get sucked out of him. You see Kevin Bacon look like ass out there playing. Now his ring fingers hurt on his in, or on his throwing hand. 
There's, there's issues in Tampa Bay. And what's up with Bruce Arians on the sideline starting fights, man? Like, Yeah, they were investigating what? him for telling Mike Evans to go fight. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, there, there's some issues out here. So, I'm, I'm taking Green Bay. I feel like Aaron Rodgers has got more left in the tank than Brady does right now. Well, so, like eight it, years younger, right? It's the regular season. It's not the playoffs. Give me Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay. Go, Pat, go. And we need to get Latimer and uh, Mike Evans in a pay-per-view, I think. Well, yeah, that'd be, better than, play. that'd be better than AP and Levy on Bayo. Yeah, yeah give, give me something. But, uh, yeah, I, I got Green Bay there. So, all right, 49ers going into Malhaw. 49ers with Jimmy G under center. They're a one-and-a-half-point favorite. Nathaniel Hackett just called a timeout because he wasn't sure if he should have called one last week, and he just made a decision. Can't take him with you, Hackett. Yeah. Um, God, I go back and forth. I've clicked each team on this one so far. I really like the Niners with Jimmy G at quarterback. I think they're a lot better team. It's just weird. I feel like Denver at home should initially finally get it going. This is a Sunday night game, too. Yeah. Uh, This will probably be the last week this happens, and I I really love the Niners, so kind of – perturbs me to do this but either russ gets it going this week offensively with hackett and their receivers or we all recognize what i think my fantasy team's about to pick up on and that is russ can't cook because he is cooked so i'm taking broncos sunday night home field advantage to cover this one you've really had to talk yourself into that one yeah, it was hard Man, we're i don't have a big long drawn out response like that but all i've got to say is the power Handsome Kirk Cousins. <laughs> <laughs> that was your lone wolf. You both know. You know we're both taking the Niners here. And and the thing is, we were talking. I don't know if it was all of us or maybe just me and one of you guys. But you know, there's certain players when they go to the right team and that team buys into that player, like Lamar Jackson, Baltimore, where they build the you whole. See how excited all those guys were in the Niners last week when Garoppolo came yeah, in. Yeah, because they know we're we we don't suck again. Like we're gonna win. But, like, you see how the Eagles have embraced Jalen Hurts and how they're playing. I'm not saying Russ is the same type of player, but when he was in Seattle, man, they were the most effective whenever they played within his skill set and they built the rest of the team around him. Denver just brought him in and saying, he's a gunslinger, baby. That's not who Russ is. And it's not going to work. It's not. They're going to have to reset and kind of readdress where they're at. Niners all day long, man. So that moves us into the last game, and we love the NFC least. But we got the Dallas Cowboys with Cooper Rush at the helm coming into the Meadowlands playing the G-G-G-G-G-Men. The Giants are a one-point home favorite. So when the Giants won the first week, it was the first time they were over 500 since the Obama administration. (laughs) They're going to lose to the gold rush known as Cooper. And here's what's going to happen. By the time Dak can come back and play, Cooper not Rush gonna is going to make it a controversy. Is yeah. that, that your hot take? Just like last week, Dak's a far better player, of course. I'm full of shit there. But he plays within his means. That roster is really talented. Uh, I think the Giants are the most overrated shit show of a 2-0 team in the history of football. <laughs> You're not wrong there. Uh, I'm actually going to go with the Giants. I feel like Danny Dimes and Saquon's enough to continue and they're not the Bengals so I think I think they're going to be all right. Is that is that your leading NFL rusher Saquon Barkley? Oh, uh, 
If it's not first, he's second. He, he's up. If you ain't first, you're last, baby. <laughs> but I uh, also have the G-Men. Uh, they're a home. I'm just looking. It's kind of like that Seattle-Atlanta game. I'm just going with the home guy here. So uh, give me uh, give me the, the Giants at home. So get along, little doggy. You know what? You're like eight little wolves. That could <laughs> be. We're a lot of lone wolves. <laughs> you can tell we have not you know, started off the season well. Yeah. Wow. 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 <laughs> Micah Parsons, Dallas Cowboys. I don't think I've ever loaned with the Cowboys because I don't know what to do other than giddy up. That, that, that works. Giddy up. Uh, that was painful to get through. We got God, this could be really painful there. Monday morning. Someone's going to look really good, and the rest of us are going to look really bad. That's what's going to happen. But this has been your week three NFL Stone Cold Lead Pipe Locks. Ah, take a deep breath. It'll be okay. <laughs>